Washington over what to do So many ways that D.C. has changed, from the inner to the outer. So many things remain that could have been changed, like poverty, like sickness, like not enough hospitals and poor schools, like old people not having anywhere to go, like drug dealers on the corner, like winos at every block, like liquor stores on every street corner. But then the things have changed, the things that remain the same because the people come in, the old goes out. We see the colors changing in the neighborhood. Once it was black on black on black on black and they called it chocolate city now it's black on white and it's black on white and brothers and sisters is really not pretty cause sometimes the people who move in replacing the people who get thrown out because the taxes are so high because you cannot afford to stay in your own house so the brothers say and the sisters say it used to be black on black on black on black on black in the neighborhood and now it's black and white and hispanic and jewish and you know all that and it could be good except the alienation is just part of the gentrification because the gap comes in how much money you make All right, season one, episode four, Modern Black Man Podcast. Today I have a very special guest with me, uh, the wonderful, lovely Miss. Sanaya, thank you for having me. Absolutely, thank you for coming. Today we uh, have chosen the topic of our young people. Uh, Just talking about this younger generation and uh, ways that we can connect with them uh, and just some of the subtle differences of them. Um, I know that kind of before the show, we had uh, a few ideas about our generation versus this younger generation. And my interpretation of it is that they are so different and far more advanced in their years uh, than I remember being at their age. Mm, Most definitely. Um, They got their own. They have their own mind of their own, I should say. They're very grown and they know everything. (laughs) Um, You can't tell them anything at this point. Um, Back in the back in the day when I was a kid, you know what my mom says goes. Right. Um, you know I respected my elders. That all has kind of went out the window lately. So mm-hmm. you definitely see the difference in the generations. Right now, uh, with these kids, they live independently. And I know when I was younger, uh, <laughs> I, I think I had very few uh, thoughts of my own for the first. 10 to 12 years. I, I don't think that those really started coming together until I was in middle school and high school. It seems that you talk to kids now in elementary school and they're fully independent and paying rent, mortgage, uh, car payments, and working no job, you know? Mm-hmm. They're entitled at this point. Uh, they're kind of spoiled. They're given everything and and uh, they feel like they deserve all the, everything that they've gotten at this point. Absolutely. Um so young people not being able to be told what to do is a big issue for me because I think that we are doing them a disservice. I think that we're not pouring enough 
love and respect into our young people when we let them go about business on their own without giving them any kind of direction or guidance is what my concern is. Mm-hmm. They, they, they kind of have their own path and they mm-hmm. don't want to hear anybody else's word about it. At all. Um, they want to make their own mistakes and learn from their own mistakes without hearing what you did in the past and how you got to where you are. Um, they want to figure it out on their own and it's upsetting. It's sad. It, in a way it's, Please say upsetting again, because I think that that's absolutely appropriate. It's upsetting. It yeah. is. It, it, it's upsetting. It is. That's like the best word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you got you got, but you got to let them do their own thing too. You got to let them live their lives. And that's the other. That's the other side of it. You want them to let them live live their own lives, make some of their decisions on their own. But you know, not being told what to do is a big thing. They they really think they have it all, and they just don't want to listen to what anybody has to say. Have you ever heard the term helicopter parent? No. Okay. Um, a helicopter parent is that parent that's constantly hovering over their kid. Uh, they don't want little Johnny to fall. They don't want little Susie to to not know or to encounter something that isn't in mommy's or daddy's bubble. Uh, helicopter parents are really bad because they don't let their parents live. And when I talk about this topic, in my mind, I get a little fearful um, because I definitely don't want to be a helicopter parent and I don't want to come off as a helicopter parent. And I don't think I'm a helicopter parent, but um, do you think that that was our generation? Because I remember getting lots of nicks and cuts and scrapes and bruises and uh, a lot of things that I was just kind of left to my own devices to encounter, but I I feel a little bit of jealousy for this younger generation. Like they have more freedom than I had. Oh, they do. Um, I feel like I had a little bit of, well, I definitely didn't have freedom when I became a teenager, but when I was younger, definitely had more freedom to go out, do your own thing, hang out with your own friends, make right. some decisions, came back with bruises and cuts and right. and stories that I needed some help. Uh, but uh, <laughs> But yeah, that happens. Um, but with our young people today, it's, it's like another, it's, it's another form of it. They, they have a different type of freedom. They see freedom as their right. Um, they see their rights in a different way. Um, one person, you know, um, celebrities, Jada, uh, Jada Pinkett and Will Smith, mm-hmm. they let their children, you kind of let them do them, right. um, make their own decisions. They let them kind of be grown up as a child and it works for them. So but there's but their children are a little different than the children that we're talking about, you know. I'm about to open a whole can of worms on Jaden Smith, so I'm gonna refrain. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. I got to, I got leave to. him be. Yeah. Um. But but you want to continue to let the students? I mean, the kids learn from each other and learn. Um. But we got to try to put a train a, a strain on it, a little bit of a leash on it. Um. But how do we do that? I guess we'll figure that out. We'll right. go talk more about that. I mean, I know that it seems like they're raising themselves, and I know that we wanted to talk about the whole social media influence. I know that I um, I know quite a few young people who look to social media as if it's a mirror of the real world, and most parents that I've encountered always want to counter their children's arguments about social media in a reminder of the falsity 
of social media. People are only putting their best life out on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, very rarely do people put out their failures, um, their missteps, uh, things that they're not as proud of on social media. But our young people cling to it because it's is it is it is it hope? Is it aspirational? And they want to live vicariously through others and. Yeah. And they see this person is on this type of trip and they got spending this type of money and they want that too. Or um, they see, you know, the different videos that they see, the different, they want to compete with one another in some ways as well. Um, They see these different videos where the student, the kids are making, um, playing with toys. They'll watch that too. Like the younger Mm -hmm. kids, it starts Mm -hmm. young where they just want to live through other people um, and, and live vicariously through others. That's really what they do. And I think that social media um, raises our kids to a certain extent, and I think that it's problematic in, in the sense that it's false. It, it's it's making them feel nurtured in unhealthy ways, mm-hmm. uh, giving them positive strokes from a distance that are just so uh, inaccurate and disingenuous that it it, it builds poor self esteem up. It gives them such a false sense of self-esteem. And when they create the real world, they don't know how to, uh, I don't think they know how to react appropriately a lot. Mm-hmm. We give them constructive criticism, uh, constructive advice, and that's exactly what our young people want. I mean, that's the topic of this show is how our young people don't want to be led. They refuse to be represented, led, uh, uh, or, or guided. It's just not cool. And I want to get to the bottom of where that really comes from. Where did it start? That right. is a big question. Um, you don't, where did it start? Like, it's just all of a sudden they just, I have my own mind. I can make my own decisions. I'm grown. Um, and I think that, honestly, I think it came from social media in a way. You see a lot of young people have a big voice on social media. Um, and so they say they can do the same thing or they can make their own decisions. They can tell somebody up top that, you know, no, I'm not going to do that, this, that, and the third. Um, but social media has made them a little bit grown. I feel like uh, they see the young people doing different things on social media and out there. Um and then obviously, you know, with this false sense of security, um, it, it leads to a real sense of insecurity. And when we don't feel secure in ourselves, that's when we have dysfunctional interactions and relations with people around us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that another area I really want to talk about is just criminality, crime, and just how uh, these kids that are raised on social media um react negatively or uh, they view the world in a, with, with a, a fantastical lens, um, like the whole GTA thing. Kids mm-hmm. want to emulate what they see in their leisure. They want to emulate the what they see, right? <laughs> I, I mean, what you meant. <laughs> First, I was like, oh, Grant, that's all. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> There's a meme going around online, and it shows uh, Takashi 69 at age 16 and Chief Keefe. At age 16. Mm-hmm. On the left, Takashi's clean cut. He's got a little lady with him. Uh, All-American kid. And then on the right, you see Chief Keith with, uh, looks like an AK-74, like a little mini AK mm-hmm. uh, with the extendo and who's in jail. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? It's the it's the clean cut kid mm-hmm. uh, because that's the fantastical lens that he's looking at the world through, and influences like social media has made him a is he a rap phenomenon at this point? I mean, I just started hearing about him. I'm yeah, him. yeah. Um, I have you ever heard his music? One song. Uh huh. Sorry. Uh huh. Uh-huh. He's wild. He's this wild. Is the one song with Nicki Minaj is all I know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. If if you listen to the music, it's it's wild. It's over the top, and it's um, I'm not one to call it violent, but it, it glorifies violent uh, violence as hip hop does. And I just think that that's an interesting case to go back to to where this started, the original string here about uh, that meme. Mm-hmm. He he idolizes and has this fantastical view of this violence so much so that he has become it in a short amount of time. I don't think that boy is older than 21. I was about to ask, how old is he? Yeah. So, I mean, this mm-hmm. has happened in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the influence of the culture. And I, I think it's a generational thing to view themselves uh, through social media and, 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 and the media has influenced this generation in ways that I don't think that it has effectively influenced others. Um, so I just think that it's a, a, a real trouble area that we can look at if we want to show concern for our young people. If we really want to impact our young people, it's going to be important to understand the influences they have that shape their minds and behaviors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that social media is definitely at the top of the list. So, But the um, crime is big. They mm-hmm. become desensitized in a way. And right. they feel like um, they can handle everything through their violence um, or crime. Um, they actually will hurt, like uh, fight somebody until they see blood, see somebody die, and it's sad. Right. Um, and how did it get to be that way? Where you mm-hmm. became so, where you thought that you were so powerful that you can take someone's life. Right. Um, it's it's really scary in a way. And, you know, I, I was telling you about the show before. I'm not saying I got my ass kicked a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm saying that mm-hmm. back in the day, uh, you know, we, you, you didn't, it, fights didn't, I've never been in a fight that's lasted long enough to really send anybody to the hospital. Uh, I know that guys, fought around, you know, punched around and it wasn't to kill each other. It was to, it was, it was almost like a form of male bonding. It was almost like a, you know, how, how we connected. Mm-hmm. And I think now they're not violent. They're just emulating uh, something. And uh, I use the example of GTA where you can go out and you can beat hobos to death mm-hmm. and, that you know, uh, violence has a a finality to it because of the fantasy, but that's exactly what you're saying too. And and I can make that same observation with you. They are very short sighted in their approach to things, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be instant gratification or media that's influenced this. It's problematic. It's troubling. And I want to get to the bottom of why our young people view the world uh, the way they do. Um, do you think that we have, um, a responsibility or we need to take some kind of accountability for how these young people are clearly afraid of the world around them? The world that, did we create this? I I don't think so. (laughs) I think it got that way because of them in in a way and not to, not to sound Mm -mm. like that, but it's changed. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad. We can actually 
I remember going out for trick-or-treating. We didn't have mm-hmm. mom and dad with you. You and your friends just went out. Now it's actually scary when you see a group of teenagers walking down the street um, doing trick-or-treating on Halloween. Uh-huh. So, you know, it, it, it has changed. It makes me, and it's crazy that the older generation is somewhat nervous and scared of the younger generation um, because of a lot of the crime and violence, too. So it says something about that when we're actually somewhat nerve some of the older generation is nervous to approach younger generation to see how they would react because sometimes they're going to react in a violent way and you're like no don't i wasn't ready for this right um that's not what i wanted today mm-hmm. yeah so it, it's just like when did that start but that really goes back to i don't know the lack of respect of old elder generation and also respect of each other um that's what we really lack they lack is the the respect for one another agreed you know, education is fundamental in building and shaping the mind. And schools aren't allowed to do as much as I feel that they have done in the past. I don't know if that's authority, authoritative breakdown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's their reach that's been diminished. But I think something's very different with the institution of uh, our educational institutions, starting at the smallest level, starting at the elementary, starting at the middle and high school. I know my life was changed in middle school. Um, everything uh, with, with my educational path was changed uh, in, in middle school. Um, and I don't hear or see that same impact being made. Do you? I mean. Of them what? Impact just, of teachers changing kids' lives. I mean, intervening or outreaching at a young age and just wrapping arms around young people and guiding them. And I know that my guidance, my experience wasn't uh, as hands-on as I feel my approach with some of the young people that I have in my life is. Mm -hmm. I know that it was very gentle, it was very subtle, uh, but it was the most impactful event of my entire life. Uh, was 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 were teachers uh, taking an interest in me uh, and 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 just kind of guiding me and keeping me out of trouble. Um, I know I, I was going the direction of being the bad kid um, at at a point. I know my biggest fear around those middle school years was getting sent to military school. I was petrified. Mm-hmm. I did not want to go to military school, so I started listening up. Um, it, but but my point is. I, I don't hear or, or or know people in education that take that same approach. It seems that with this generation, exactly what we're talking about, mm-hmm. you have to have a laissez-faire approach. It's hands-off with these kids because they're – are they really unapproachable or what's up? Mm, they're approachable. It's just finding the right way to approach them. Um, just coming at them the right way is, is really – the main part in uh, building that relationship, building the rapport with the student first or um, for the teachers. A lot of times they're not able, a lot of, I will say that a lot of teachers, it's very hard for them to build a rapport because they have class sizes so big, um, trying to deal with so many different issues in, in within the classroom. You have 26 students and probably 20 of them, you know, got a lot of things going on personally at home and they can't, Right. they can't really help them all. I mean, not to say it like that, but it's, it's, it's hard to help them all. Yeah. Uh, it's difficult. Um, but also, the teachers are having to do the job of what the parents are supposed to do. Exactly. So I can't fault the teachers 
for not being able to wrap their arms around each child because a lot of that is put on the is needing to be put on the parent. Um, and that's what the child is missing at home and why they might be acting out in the classroom. I want to talk about that. That is my biggest interpretation of uh, schools. I can say I've worked in school districts and it's outsourced. That's what teachers are now. They are the parents for these kids mm-hmm. because does it seem like parents work all like are they working more hours? Because I know I never saw my mom growing up and maybe that is my intervention. I mean, I spent more time at school, after school programs, going to school before school mm-hmm. because sports. yeah, all that sport. I mean, activities, teams, all that stuff. Um but they they do. They have a huge responsibility. And I think that, like you said, it's building that relationship because they're not able to connect. I don't think they're able to connect with as many kids as you probably were 20, 30 years ago. Uh, teachers aren't viewed in the same light, I don't think. I don't think that we have the same sanctity for our teachers. Uh, but, yeah. Um, I don't know about you, but back in the day, teachers, are, to me, were like just a teacher. You go mm. in, you learn from her. You go home, mom and dad, love on me, all that good stuff. Teachers I weren't really too close with, mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, I was a great student, but I, I treated just as like it was a job. I went there, did my work, came home. Um, so on the teachers and, and, and the teach and the parents treat school as if it's their second home. They are at school half the year, but you know, a lot of that should not be put on the teachers. A lot more needs to be doing at home, and that's a right. lot, a big part of it. The parents need to be doing a lot more work and, um, to assist with their child. Um, t- they should be learning to respect one another as a child. You know, you remember you you learned that when you were one or two. You know, respect. No, you give it back. Now say you're sorry. Don't snatch all that kind of things. And I felt like if it wasn't that foundation wasn't built when they were younger, it, that's why they act out the way that they do when they're older. Um, so, so in the schools, um, and how they approach in schools, how they act in schools, yeah. So you're one that subscribes to the notion that everything about life you learned in kindergarten. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Every little piece that you learned in kindergarten, sharing, yeah. just caring, all the cleaning up behind yourself, you're going to use it every day in your life when you get older. And if you didn't learn it, then... Uh, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. But that just lets you know what the kids haven't learned. It's going to haunt you for life if you don't pay attention at the young age. I I, I totally see that. But, you know, a lot of them are dropping out of school. Um, and a lot of them aren't even going to class. And if you do right. go to class, um, they're asleep. And it's like, well, what are you here for? What Do you just come for the food? You come to hang out? But it's like they don't want to get anything though. out of the education. Though They don't want to. They feel like this is I don't need any of this. They do though. Street smarts is what they need. Right. And and and, and I, let's let's talk about that because there's so many kids now in the public school system that are homeless, on the verge of being homeless. Uh uh what? Uh, uh, malnourished. They don't have food at home. Mm-hmm. Um I mean that's a that's a real thing. And I I I understand how disconnected you could be from the classroom if you have real life issues like this going on at home and how unattractive school can be like it's holding you back mm-hmm. uh, if you can get street smarts. But I don't, again, they're short-sighted. 
street smarts are only going to get you in a in a in a in a jail or a grave. I mean, really, uh, especially if you get good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's 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 no longevity in that. The streets are undefeated out here. No, no one, no one really comes out a winner in that game. So we need to stop making our young people feel as if it's an option. Uh, it's not an option. Uh, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, to go back to this whole conversation we're having about these generational differences, our young people have so many lifestyle choices that they can and have to make. Uh, it's 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 overwhelming. I just, I, I don't remember things being that complicated as a young person. Like what? Lifestyle changes like? Just just having so many options. I mean, they 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 can do everything now. You can be you could be a a drug dealer, drug dealer, gang banger, pimp. You can you can do it all, and a straight A student. You know what I mean? And play football. I mean, I, we was pigeonholed. I mean, mm-hmm. we 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 weren't that dynamic. We weren't that flexible. But this generation, they they want to check every box. Uh, you know, whether we're talking about uh, sexuality uh, and just all the the fluid uh, abilities mm-hmm. that these young people have, um, whether it's the variety of uh, of drugs that they have and options that they have there, um, it's just a different day. Um, but in, in my observation, um, like I said, it's just managing to this and, and supporting these young people, uh, because they do have more options. They do. Yeah. You right. And then, you know, I know when I was 14, my 14th birthday was spent at a McDonald's and I was really, really excited because that was my first job. Mm-mm. Um, I remember you were working on your birthday. I was working on my oh, birthday. Okay. The um, man, I was fourteen, uh, and I remember you could you could work so many hours a week, and you had to get all that permission stuff. But I remember learning how to mop floors and sweep up, and what the salt's gonna do to the floor, and how to keep the little store clean, and fill up the cups. And I was excited. Responsibility too. I was excited because I knew it was a paycheck at the end, mm-hmm. and I remember I got my little McDonald's paycheck, my little McDonald's money. I was raised by a single mother, and I would just turn my paycheck over to my mom, and I was so excited. I got my little discount on my food, mm-hmm. and life could not have been better for me. Going to school during the day, right? You know, uh, but these kids now, they come on now. They 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 won't do. They, you know, you're asking too much when you ask them to to mop a floor. Why does it stink? Uh, why, you know, they 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 they're so. What, what's what, what's the word I'm looking for? Lazy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's word for it. Um, but no, uh, I feel like I have a similar story. Like I started at 14. I was working mm-hmm. as a waitress at a nursing home, right. and and it felt good to be making eight dollars an hour. Right. Um, just being a server. Um, not making tips or nothing, but making $8 an hour and still being just a ninth grader. Right. I, it was so good. And I, I didn't have, my parents weren't buying Jordans for me before that. Thank you. And so I was able to buy my own Jordans. So they didn't care what I did. I bought my, I made my, I saved my money. My mm-hmm. mother made sure she took my check every time. That's right. Took part of it and made sure I, she made me a bank account. And I had a, a big savings account once I finished high school. So, you know, 
you know, it, it helped me learn saving. It helped me learn responsibility. And these students are just don't want to get to that. They don't want it because they just feel like, oh, well, my mom is going to continue to do it for the rest of my life. No, <laughs> that's, that's going to end very, very soon. She's doing it now to help you out, but they're just really lazy in wanting to do the research, wanting to find what they can do. A lot of them tell me, um, I work with, you know, youth t- teenagers today and they tell me, oh, I can't get a job because I'm under 18. That's not true. Right. There's definitely there's jobs out there. You just gotta look for them. Um. Sometimes you just gotta hit the pavement. Exactly. Go do some walking. Do some walk-ins and ask them, and look appropriate when you mm-hmm. do it. Um. Oh, lifestyle. There we go. Mm-hmm. Because I I didn't we didn't, I didn't have all that going on in my hair back then. I had no earrings back then. I certainly didn't have tattoos when I was underage. Mm-hmm. I mean they they have so much freedom that it holds them back. And I don't know if it is that they don't have goals that they're reaching towards. Okay. Because maybe their goals are more, oh, I want to get that outfit for this weekend, or I want to get those shoes. That's why I hear a lot of uh, high schoolers say, oh, the new Jordans just came out. And I was thinking the same way, but also there was money still being put aside for future plans, future goals, mm-hmm. future savings, or some other plans I wanted to do. Um, before I left high school, I wanted to make sure I went a trip by myself. Right. And I did it. <laughs> I did it, and I had the money to do so. Um, and I don't know if they have those goals in mind and what they're saving for, those long-term goals. I think that's what they're missing. That will encourage them to find the employment. Absolutely. I mean, I wanted to – it, it struck me uh, with our stories being similar and what just hit me in my mind. You trusted your mom to hold your money for you. No, no, no. No? She took us to the bank. And we set up our account. And so every time – you know, she didn't take my account. But sure. she's just like, no, you got it. Let's go to the bank where to right. put your money. And I'm like, no, I want to buy this. And I'm going to give you this amount. You put the rest in the bank. And she had the card. So we didn't get to touch them. I remember I've, I've had, uh, it was a Nations Bank where I was from before turning to Bank of America. And I remember, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember going to the bank and uh, you had your little paycheck. It got deposited and you grew your little money. Mm-hmm. And I mean, no problem. But now they don't trust their parents to mm-hmm. to, to do anything uh, because it's out of their control. And I think it goes back to this, whatever you want to call it, the generation's different. Mm-hmm. They have to be in control and they don't know enough to be in control. But we keep throwing responsibilities and burdens on them that they're not ready for and we expect them to succeed. Uh, and we give them positive strokes for failing. I don't know. For me, I I try to, they want to be grown. Mm -hmm. So I try to treat them as they're grown. Okay. So when you're grown, this is how you do things. This Mm -hmm. is how it's expected to be done. I I, I don't want to hear any crying when you're asked to do a simple chore. Um, That's what adults do. So if you're so grown, let's act like it. Um, That's kind of how I carry it with them. Um, But they don't want to give their parents, a lot of them don't trust their parents. At all. For Um, nothing. It's it's kind of sad that you can't even trust your parent. I mean, you I trust think your a, parent, don't you? Well, uh, oh, oh, never mind. No, no, I, right. I I love my mother, right? <laughs> my pops is a little crazy, uh, and like I said, I was raised by a single mother, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I reconciled with my father as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I became a man, I started reaching back out to my dad, and uh, you know, we have a relationship, and it's all good. But I trusted the parent that was there for me. Um, because I knew that 
survivability was at stake. I mean, I knew I was helping my mom. It felt good to bring some some cash back home. Um, I know that when I was in high school, I had a really good job. And my mother started working with me at nights. Mm. Uh, that became her second job. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's always been an important thing to me to be able to contribute and give back and, uh, you know, uh, be frugal since I've made my way out this way. Um, I've learned that people here like to spend money They're Uh, it's just a culture thing out here. Um, you know, I'm from a, a small town, uh, in a small place and being frugal and, and thrifty and just saving money is important. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad that I have some of those conservative values, but I, I enjoy to, you know, go out and spend some, some bread every now and again as well. But, you know, it's just, I, I think huge generational differences and, um, that workforce piece is, is big. Um, but then also with the workforce, they also don't want to take those low paying jobs. Exactly. They want to start right at the top. They want to be CEO. They do not want to, st- they want to go to Walmart. They want to be, they don't want to work in stock. They want to go work as a manager, but you don't have no experience. Uh, Bro, you're 16. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're going to make $7 an hour. What? $7? I don't want to make $7. Right. But you what thought you were going to make 15 Exactly. You With got no You got to work your way up, and they don't understand that part. They want to be at the top of the totem pole straight out. Right. Why? How does that work? <laughs> what would make someone feel? Because they're grown. That's mm. what they say. And they know more than their parents who are slaving away at their jobs that they've invested the last X amount of years into. Um, do you think that goes into the thought process and making them feel? Um, part of it. Part yeah. of it. And also they feel like they can do other people's job better. Like, I know I can do my job better than her. I can do that for it. You can't. You don't know all this back other stuff that she has to do. Right. You don't know how to do the math part of it. Uh, the budgeting and the inventory. Mm-hmm. and the Yeah. So... There's a lot to be learned, and I don't think they have done their research on that position before they're always like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Well, look at what other people have done to get to that position. Maybe go ask that person. They don't want to do the research. That's a part right. of it. That goes a lot with it. They don't want to go do the research on their own. Um, I think back in the day, we were a little bit more, and it was a little bit harder for us to do the research. We actually had to get out, go catch a bus, and go find out if this job was hiring because they you didn't have get your eyes on it. Yeah. You couldn't call, you couldn't go uh, on Google and see their number and call them and check the reviews on Yelp and things like that. Um, and check out the reviews on glass on glass door or whatever. Um, so information piece again. Yeah. They're just really they're victims of information. They're victims of knowing. Yeah. They know way too much and they mm-hmm. don't know anything at all. Exactly. How, <laughs> how crazy are these kids, man? And I mean, aside from being uh, uber in, in, entitled um, and not wanting to exchange with the older generation, um, you have issues of their advantages that we're talking about, like uh, the technology. They know everything, yet they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what, what are their children going to look like? What kind of challenges do you think you would face if you're a parent has all the information in the world, but can't add two plus two. Mm-hmm. How you want to help your child with your homework? Right. And it's kind of scary because, I don't know, the teenagers of today just make me so nervous because I'm like, oh my God, you guys are going to be parents and y'all still haven't gotten the whole part about respect and then your child's not going to get it and then their child's not going to get it. And it's just all downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 
scared, nervous. Um, Incredibly brave, but they they lack the people skills, communication skills, critical thinking skills. Um, they lack so much, yet they have even more. They lack so much, but they have even more? Yeah, they lack so much as far as, uh, what, soft skills? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they have all this technological advantage that they can use to get information at the snap of a finger um, that they can't even properly uh, digest nor regurgitate. Yeah, but we're talking about the advantages, though. Yes, we're trying to to put a positive spin on it. But the good thing. You're right. So, but with the technical savvy, um, it's it's awesome because even looking at these young kids with the YouTubers, Mm -hmm. um, they become famous, taking care of their families based off of learning how to work these cameras, working on microphone and getting backdrops and getting little concepts of their shows and growing an entire show, working with sponsorships and things. I think it's amazing um, all that they can all that they're able to do on their cell phones, even babies can do so much on an iPhone. It's amazing to me when they do that. Right. But they're so technical sad. Um, tech, tech, mm, why can I speak today? Technological. <laughs> Get it, girl. You said technology savvy. I heard you. Yeah. You mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes, they're all of that. So I do say that our young people are good with that. Also, you got to talk about how they're very brave. They yeah. they will go to they the the manager and say you know I wasn't happy with how this went and sometimes it doesn't come out right I will say that it sure. it could have put a little twist to it to where it sounds a little bit more appropriate um, or a little bit more pleasant um, or even nasty at that but sometimes it comes off nasty yeah. but um, they're 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 brave enough to go to the person the top person and say you know I wasn't happy with this or um, they advocate for themselves. Yes. Um, they will do that. And and that's one good thing. That's a huge say. advantage on me. I'm not that bold and brave. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just I'm just not. Uh, and I admire our young people for having the gumption, the you know, the the intestinal fortitude to be able to challenge anyone. Mm-hmm. They 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 have no fear, absolutely no fear. Um and I mean, not to mention that they're incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that they negotiate situations is entirely different than I think uh, you or myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of take that answer as no, okay, I'm walk off. But they can sit here and, well, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Right. Um, even in creative, in the way that they are able to create so many different apps mm-hmm. out there, so many different. Um, Young people are making all these different inventions that are very useful to people today. Um, they have that emotional intelligence that, you know, that, you know, we always talk, you know, they may, we, we often talk about their IQ or, you know, how they're acting in school and things like that. But their emotional intelligence is very high. Right. I will say. And not to mention the fact that I'm, I want to give them this as a benefit. Have you noticed how young people, um, all people are tribal, but young people, they are altruistic to a new extent. Um, It used to be that if you were an outcast, a social outcast, you were singled out. Mm -hmm. Now, 
there there's none of that. I don't I'm not going to call them followers, but they are never alone. There's always someone that can appreciate the uniqueness of another um I'll call them a, a millennial or a Generation Z. They can always appreciate the uniqueness of that other person's situation, and I don't think that our generation really um, had that level of understanding. So I commend our young people for being so unified. Mm, I don't know about that one. No, the only reason is I'm always been anti-click. <laughs> In high school, I was not in a click. I was not. I hated high school. I was pretty. I did. Um, you think you're an individual? Yeah, I kind of like the being the individual, doing my own thing. I don't like to go with the crowd and things like that. So when I see people always going with the crowd or having to do things as a group, or I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, well, you know, you can't do it by yourself. You know that, right? Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I see that as an advantage to our young people today, but. I'm with you in the sense that I value individuality. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the keystone of humanity. If we can all be individuals and put it together and make that beautiful puzzle of humanity, I think that that's the the most beautiful picture. But um, I, I do see that with uh, young people. It seems as if they are, like you say, afraid to go it alone. It's just not in their build. Um, so definitely, I, I, I know individuality is important. It somebody else doing it. Right. <laughs> but or, or or as soon as someone else does it, it becomes cool. Like, oh, uh, I mean, you've been thinking about YouTube, the YouTube challenges and cinnamon challenge and, and what they do with the fire and fire, stuff. Fire, okay. It, what they, what's the challenge they do? Remember the MLS? That ice bucket challenge? Ice that? bucket challenge. Yeah. I don't even think they knew what they were doing that for, <laughs> but they did it because other people were doing it right? and had the same reaction. Crazy. And, and that's what this generation's like. As soon as someone does something different, it's not the same ostracization that maybe we uh, in our generation had experienced or that separation uh, that was given. Uh, they really they're quick to emulate it or they're quick to appreciate something about it. And I'm going to give you youngsters. I'm going to give you youngins a a tip of the hat for that. Um, I I think that that's going to be your strength. I think that that's going to be something that they use to really um, change their world. Uh, And maybe that's what they're going to do for their children, you know, because maybe their kids will be, um, Going back to the old school, because you know they say that's what's coming after this Generation Z. History repeats itself. Yeah. Um, they say they're going to be more like um, the boomers. Uh, the gener- Generation Z's kids, they're going to be a lot more rational, less emotional, more individual. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we'll have that to keep up good. with that. That would be good if we get a, what is that, a return to normalcy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> normalcy is right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as mentors, what can we really do to change um, and change change our relationship with these young people? I mean, how can we effectively engage in in, in mentorship uh, and guidance uh, and growth uh, for these young people in our communities? I feel like a lot of it has to do with being honest. Mm. Um, a lot of us need to stop acting like it has to. Um, be 
it has to be, for one, it has to be like this one way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, oh, we lived this perfect life. But if we were honest and say, you know, I used to live a life like that. I was on the same path that you were. Right. And really talk about it with them and talk about like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. You like them. You like that, too. I, so I like that, too. And you can mm-hmm. kind of meet them on their on where they're at. Um, I wouldn't say meet them on their level, but meet them where they're at. Um, and just try to understand them a little bit better in that way. Um, and be more empath- empathic. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of taking understanding where they're coming from with a lot of this, the animosity, the anger. It is not all. It's all. It, anger is a secondary emotion. So all of that's coming from somewhere else. Um, they might be sad, or they might feel embarrassed about what's going on at home, or right. And so that's why they're lashing out. So if we get on the level, learn about them a little bit more, and be more honest, um, that kind of builds that rapport. But that that builds the rapport. Being honest builds the rapport. And once we built that relationship with them, we're able to um, kind of understand them a little bit better, and then see what what's causing a lot of this other, this other other, this other stuff that's coming up. Start to understand where this where they're not wanting to listen to other people, right? And just kind of building that relationship with older generations, so I know that not all of us are like your mom, right? And recognizing them for their uniqueness, uh, being mm-hmm. able to see them for who they are, uh, like you said, I mean, not assuming, really having genuine connections built through honesty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that as altruistic as these kids are, they all want to be honored for their ability to stand out. I think that they want Mm -hmm. the best of both worlds. They want to be able to vacillate between the two. And you think that I I, I feel as if they are confused, Um, but that's their, maybe that is their uniqueness and they're, you know, but someone is their adaptability too. They're able to be Mm -hmm. flexible. They might, they might act this way in front of their friends Mm -hmm. and then they may, um, at home, they may be doing working on this stuff individually. So it may be something we're not seeing, but in front of their friends, and we're getting a whole different person. Exactly. Um, their truth, right? They have multiple truths, and they're not they're not one dimensional. These are the most dynamic creatures uh, in existence putting, in history. They're putting different faces forward. Right. Um, so I think that's you know just um, a few things that, uh, are critical for the culture. I think those are a few things that are really important to me. Um, I love our young people. Um, they are going to lead us. Um, you know, right now we, we've got Donald Trump leading this nation and in due time, we're going to have a member of this community of this tribe that's going to take a seat of power and they're going to make decisions for all of us. So it is critically important that we pour as much love, consideration, knowledge, experience um, into this generation for the benefit of us all. And I appreciate you being a part of this conversation with me. Um, Thank you so much. Um, Hopefully we can come back together and uh, devour another topic. Um, Are you on social media? Yes, I'm on social media. Um, only on Instagram, though. Okay. I'm not really savvy in that department. <laughs> but um, I'm on Instagram always, A-L-L-W-A-Y-S, Queen and 
Q W O Q U E E N I N. Always queening. Always queening. Make sure you follow on Instagram, and you already know where to get me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Chubby Idris Elba. Catch us on the Facebook page. Stay up with the podcast. Please rate, review, share the show. Uh, let's let's conquer the next topic. Until then, peace. Leave a review on Apple iTunes. Rate the show.